Daniel Wellington have kindly sponsored this episode of Keeping It Candid. If you don't know Daniel Wellington and their products, head over to the website www.danielwellington.com for more information and to have a look at their watch and accessory collection. You can also visit one of their six stores in the UK based in London, Cardiff and Cambridge. So I have got the Petite Melrose watch. I think you've got the same one as well, haven't you? Yeah, we do. So we both actually got the same of everything, I think. Yeah. Of the bracelet and of the ring. I know. They're the really, really cute. I really like the fact that they fit in so nicely with my jewellery. Not only that, obviously it fits with the Daniel Wellington jewellery, but it fits with my own jewellery and it just works really, really nicely together. Yeah, so as we mentioned, Daniel Wellington are launching a new exciting classic ring collection range and they are the perfect accessory to match your Daniel Wellington watch. So we are offering a 15% off code with Keeping It Candid and yeah, I think you enter Keeping It Candid in the promo code and yeah. then that's, that's you done. And that's it, just go to www.danielwellington.com and when checking out just type in Keep It Candid and there you go, 15% off. Boom. Thanks, Daniel Wellington, for sponsoring this podcast. Hello and welcome back to Keep It Candid, our pop culture podcast. By me, Millie Cotton. And me, Sophie Milner. How's it going, So? Yeah, it's going really, really well. Um, I am happy that the sky is blue and... The sky is not blue. I mean, it's, there's a bit of blue there. I can see blue from where I'm sitting. It's just my <laughs> optimistic outlook on life, I think. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, things are going really, really well. I think since coming back from Bali, I've just been cracking on. I've had like loads of loads of work that I'm going through, but it's all really good stuff. Um, I've been absolutely exhausted. I wasn't very well either, so I've been just trying to get things back on track. And then I've done the really ridiculous thing of booking like last minute flights to Australia to um, see your man to see that guy Amazing. Um, and I go on I fly on on the weekends I book them four days in advance pretty much and they I can't believe how cheap they were they're like 530 pound return because it's not the time to be going to Australia I know I know because it's cold and also I sound like oh the weather's terrible here it's not that much of a big deal and then I looked at the weather for the next week and it's like 29 degrees <laughs> so yeah but my I kind of just thought I was like I haven't got any plans next week even my therapist is on holiday and I was mm -hmm. like whoa and then he was just like why don't you come and I was like but well, the flights aren't that expensive I'm just gonna do it and then also my like my theory behind it is I can probably get an idea more of like what the hell's going on if I you know when you meet someone in their own environment around mm. their friends yeah. and you can make a bit of a better judgment of who they are as a person because at the minute he seems like such a great guy but I'm like I need to find out more so <laughs> I'm sure he is such a great guy but that's so exciting have you you've not been to Australia before have I you? I haven't no so, so you're going to Melbourne I'm going to Melbourne how yeah. long are your flights? it's 24 hours yeah, it can be worse. I think the first time I flew to Australia, it was like 32 mm. hours. It was awful. My parents just like shoved me on whatever the cheapest flight was. When I think this is back, like back when I they paid for my flights for me. Yeah. <laughs> those oh, were the days. Those were the days. Um, and yeah, it was terrible. That is, uh, 30 something hours is so long. Yeah, I did. I, when yeah. I was looking, they were, there was a lot of long flights, but I was mm. very, very lucky and surprised that that flight was so cheap and it was like, it was one of the shortest ones. But yeah. Um, so yeah, how have you been, Minnie? I'm knackered. I was at Can Lions working and I'm so tired. It was so much fun though. But yeah, I got back 
quite late last night from from Cannes, obviously. Um, and yeah, had a good time. It looked so much fun. So you were doing a lot of DJing, like yeah. So I on the first on Monday I did a gig for uh, like a club a collaboration party for Condé Nast, Google, and then this big company called Media Link. And it was beautiful. It was like on the beachfront. It was really chilled. It was like a 500-person party, so it's quite big. It looked so good. And the sound system was incredible as well. Like, I yeah. wasn't expecting it to be so good. And then the second one was more chilled, but it was for, um, like, this big Google and YouTube dinner. And Naomi Campbell was there, which is hilarious. Amazing. I love that. Um, and also the Pet Shop Boys played it. So, like, theoretically, I was, like, warming up and then playing after the Pet Shop Boys. Warming up for and playing after, which is amazing. But so the night before, I had been to this lad Bible party, and, um, yeah, so it was all quite, like, lots of parties. <laughs> it's the most insane place, though. So you'll walk down the Cannes Strip, like, the beach, and there's all of these insane brands. Like, there's Spotify, and there's, like, Twitter, and Pinterest, and Google, and they're all, like, next to each other. And every night, they're all throwing, like, these mental parties. So I think the night before I played, Google had Justice play, and Spotify had had Kiara play and Kiara, Ciara? Yeah, the one K I I A R A. The one that's like my goodies. Oh, Ciara. Ciara. Oh, I think of, yeah, I think so, just, yeah, Google yeah. had had, no, Spotify had had Ciara play and Nas play. That's and, big. So you could literally just stand on the beachfront if you're a resident in Cannes or someone who's visiting Cannes and watch these massive brand gigs. From like the side, obviously you can be in it without the yeah. right wristbands, but you could still like watch the artist. That is so cool, absolutely incredible, and like there's lots of talks that go on, and it's, it's yeah, it's, it was a great place to be. Yeah, so Amazing. that was really fun. That I'm sounds... just I'm a, a bit tired, but... but it sounds like an incredible experience for sure. It was. Yeah. It was an amazing opportunity actually, and. I think hopefully I might be doing the Google Condé Nast party again next year because like straight away they were like, "We're gonna book you again for next year." I was like, "Sick!" Oh my god, that's amazing. Yeah, so it was, now. yeah, so it's like I'll be doing Cannes again next year. Hopefully, that's we okay. shall see. Touch wood. But that was my week. Yeah, pretty much. That's um, a great week though. Yeah, no, it was wonderful. Still managed to get in all of Love Island on the plane home. Love that. <laughs> Watch literally like what four episodes catching yeah. up. How are you is... feeling about it at the minute? I've definitely warmed to it more, but I think it's because I'm like I really like Amber and Michael. Oh, I do you? I do. I think they're really sweet. Oh, yeah. I feel that's like a road couple choice. Really? Um, I know. Love them. I feel like they're like cute and sweet, but I don't think they've been given enough airtime. No. I think it was only really when they had... I quite like them individually. Mm. And then when they went on their proper couples date thing, and I just thought they seemed... I just... I really like him. Yeah. I think he just seems like a really down-to-earth, nice guy. So, they look beautiful together. And, they, yeah, they seem to obviously get on really, really well. Yeah. But I always find those stage dates really awkward because they're talking about things that happened, like, five days ago. Yeah. It's like... I'm sure they're being made to talk about it, yeah, but oh, they're like way past yeah. that in my I'm, head. I honestly feel like everything on that, I'm becoming like hyper aware of mm. what's, what's like a product, what's product placement. Yeah. Now, because I'll tell you what I find really weird, on their adverts, because I saw it first at the fashion sponsor of it this year, yeah. and if you notice all the weird like sponsors that they have for it within the adverts, it's the cast, which are then taught doing the voiceover for the ads. Oh, no, is it? Yeah, and I noticed that last year, because I remember watching the ad, it was the one for the Rimmel stick face decal thing. Yeah. And I remember thinking, that's Samira's voice. And then I noticed it this time round, I think, 
I've noticed Amber's voice doing a voiceover for one of the ads and also yeah. Amy's voice doing a voiceover for one of the ads. So oh, I wow. find it really, really weird. And also, I don't know, they were going mad for doing like a mouth spray the other day. And I was like, I mean, it was obviously not a product placement, but I was like, that's just so insanely random the way they're forcing it and chatting about it. And they've made a segment about this. That is this a product placement? Like, I just... I don't know. I don't remember that bit, but then we've realised that I blinkered to things that I'm not interested in, it seems. <laughs> we went to a meeting and I managed to, like, oh, yeah, just blank a really important part of it out. Because like, it, I just must have been like, oh, no, I'm not interested in that bit. But it was fine because I think we dismissed it so much that I think it was like, it, it made it seem like it was not an option. Yeah, well, I guess. I mean, you didn't really pay attention to it, so it's fine. You were dismissive of it anyway. But I was there like, aha, uh-huh, yeah, cool. Mm, um so what is our topic today because I feel like you've picked this one I actually threw this out to um the the audience and they mentioned if could you do a podcast about sort of postgraduate life so this is actually really obviously timely thing because a lot of people will have just finished uni you've got graduation coming up and I think even for people who have been graduated for a long time it's always nice to look back and think how far you've come I feel like we've not been at uni forever I can't See, I don't know. I feel a little bit like, sometimes I'm like, oh my God, it was ages ago. And other mm. times I'm like, ah, oh, it's just yesterday. But so when we, did we finish our masters? So, so we met because we both did a masters in fashion journalism at Central St. Martins. We've mentioned that before, but you might not have listened to one of those episodes yeah. where we've said that. So yeah, that's basically how we met. We both did journalism undergrad. I did a journalism undergrad at LCC. and I did journalism at media and cultural studies at, I don't know why I nearly said Central St. Martins again, at <laughs> Cardiff. So that was in 2010 to 2013. And then I went straight into doing the master's. Yes, same. So we've kind of got a double university experience. So I kind of, I guess we've got a bit of a unique perspective on it, but I don't think that it takes away from the whole pressure and the stress of being like, oh, what am I doing? And No, like that, we so. were definitely very fortunate to be able to do a master's. I feel like master's are expensive, right? Um, I predominantly lived on my credit card and nanny throughout my master's. Yeah. And, as we know. <laughs> um, and oh God. You you worked a lot as well, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, and I had a bank I had a bank loan to cover me. Yeah. Like I got a the business the career development plan loan thing, and that only just covered the fee. But then I got like that partial scholarship in mm-hmm. the second year, um, because the course was like eighteen months, so I had like about a third of the thing paid for. But that was yeah. there was never any guarantee that anyone was going to get that. So no, I, like, I don't yeah. think we even got told about there being a scholarship. No, when we applied, yeah. it was like it was just like yeah. There's I mean there's so little arts funding anyway, and I think when you come when it comes down to it, they they always pump the money into the real visual creative sides rather than which is fair and, enough. I yeah, think. I completely agree. I think that's where the money needs to go. But yeah, um, but yeah. So I think I mean, what was your first degree? Like so, what was it? What was it like when you graduated from that? Had you already got the masters in? You had you already applied for it? At that so point? yeah, I applied for. I think the deadline for our masters was in like February or something, and we were supposed to write an essay, weren't we? Mm. And I didn't realize that we were supposed to write an essay, and I just applied <laughs> without an essay. And I think it was like literally the night before it closed or something. Yeah. So I put in this really panic application, and then really luckily somehow still got an interview um and then yeah got offered a place yeah but see I applied I, th- I feel like the way to get into Central St Martins is to fuck up your application because I applied, <laughs> applied late 
I've had oh, it really considerably late, I think, and yeah. I didn't I didn't even know. And then until Roger called me and was like, You do know you have applied for this really, really, really late and I was like, Nope. <laughs> so yeah, when did you decide to do it? I think I applied for that in like May. What, so as you finished? Yeah. I, oh, I, wow, I, I like okay. because I had I think it was May, or like my, it was it was definitely like late days. I didn't know that I had got into onto any masters because I applied for LCF as well. Yeah. Their interviews weren't until I finished. I finished in May, hmm. um, because mine was all like co- like coursework based. I didn't have any exams or anything, so I finished in May way before anyone else. I think my interview was end of May, beginning of June, for, and like I had my interview for LCF. And I thought I'd like totally balls it up. Yeah. And then I remember like leaving and crying, being like, oh, fuck it. What am I going to do? Because I, like, I was banking on my, like, getting the masters. I was like, that is what, that's, I've got plan A. I haven't got a plan B. My plan B, I'll figure it out when I, when it comes to it. Yeah. So I, leaving my interview, I was like totally freaked out. And then I had an email from Roger, our tutor, well, who was to be our tutor at Central St. Martin's, being like, you applied really late, but I found your application really interesting. Can you give me a call tomorrow at 9am? So I was like, oh my God, this is like a, a window opening to this door that closed. Mm. I called him, had an interview over the phone, and he was like, this is very unlikely of what we do, but I want to give you a place, blah, blah, blah. And then I went, I was like, obviously ecstatic. Checked my phone emails after, because he was like, I'll email you all the details. And then I got my acceptance from London College of Fashion for my interview the day before, okay. which I thought I'd boss up. So yeah. I was like, whoa, it's all like kind of like turned around for me. So I was really, really lucky and so relieved because I was like, essentially, I can put my like life back on, <laughs> like yeah. grown up, graduate, like, you know, actual proper graduate life, post-grad life on hold. But it was like, it. I think for me, it was just like, you know, when you just tunnel vision down like one thing. Well, yeah, I only applied for St. Martin's. If I didn't get to St. Martin's, I wasn't going in. Like that was the one place I wanted to go. I didn't want to go anywhere else. Yeah. yeah, And so if I didn't get in, I didn't know what I was going to do, but I wasn't doing a master's elsewhere. I really wanted to go to Parsons. Obviously, it's like 50 grand or something. So expensive. So expensive. So Parsons was not an option. I think that's the thing. I think you you can leave university... And, like, kind of come towards the end of it without necessarily knowing exactly what your plan is. I think it's really terrifying because I think when you're there, they're like, oh, you need to have a plan. You need to apply for these graduate schemes and you've always got... We had none of that at our uni. We we had a lot because I guess... Cardiff is a very like one of those kind of near like university so you've got your business courses which are really like oh go and like you've got people who are already like slotted onto their grad schemes who are already got their things sorted and they're so like smug about it and yeah. it's good like literally good for them for actually having the, the common sense and the, the balls to actually go for that mm. but I was too busy getting drunk and having like too much of a fun time with my friends. See I feel like I was sort of doing that but I was very much already doing what I wanted to do by the time I like left my first course like I had already the beginning of second year I had interned for Wonderland I was freelancing for Wonderland I was doing fashion week for Wonderland do you like, feel like do you feel I was already like doing it all living in London really helped that 100%. because I, I feel like even though I was quite shy back when I was in uni and I don't know had I gone to a university in London would I have I feel like I probably I feel like the courses in London probably push you to do that more whereas in no Cardiff, they don't it was all off my own back it was nothing to do with what we did do for part of my course was our last term we basically ran the university newspaper yeah so uh and I was editor-in-chief amazing which means I did absolute jack shit that's great you got the title <laughs> I got the title and then did like nothing just oversaw people which was like the dream and everyone else did like did the real work um 
but that was really fun and that was like very hands-on and having to put like a university paper together every single week for like three months I think we did our first fashion week issue mm. like while I was doing it because then like that was a decision that I made that I wanted to do it because if we were doing it over fashion week and we interviewed some like great people because obviously there are so many amazing UAL alumni mm-hmm. so yeah yeah who yeah. were like willing to talk to us that's so good so that was good but like no I feel like I was already which is probably why I got my place in St. Martin's because without doing the essay that we needed to do or whatever because I had such a big portfolio of work already yeah that's so good that's but so, that's so from good. being in London yeah but being in London is expensive you don't get the same university experience exactly that, see that's the thing like I feel like I I never wanted to apply to go to uni, uh, my main uni in London because I didn't feel like I I didn't feel like, I, I always knew I wanted to move there, but I didn't feel like I was ready for it. Like, mm. I just did not feel ready, and I wanted to have more of a smaller, closed, campusy experience. But as a result, living in Cardiff, like, <laughs> trying to get a fashion experience and fashion work, which is, like, local, and you're not spending all your money, like, because I, I waitress as well, so I hadn't really got the time to kind of go back and forth so much. Yeah. And I... It was a struggle. Like, honestly, some of the articles that I wrote for, like, the, the newspaper and, like, the uni newspaper and shit like that, mm. or things like that, they, topics they would delegate. They'd be like, do a fashion... It's National Cupcake Week. Do an article <laughs> on that. And I was like, um, okay. And I honestly, like, it's just, like, so, so, so embarrassing thinking back on it. But that was, like, it was the only experience I could get. But that's one of the things that but I think any, to start my blog. Like, yeah, and any experience is... Well, yeah, of course, we were both blogging, weren't we? Yeah. So, um, but any experience is great experience. My first, new, like, journalism experience was my local newspaper, like, the Courier in Tunbridge Wells for, like, two weeks. Amazing. And it was... No, it was absolutely naff and the most boring thing ever, but it was like a start. It and, was it showed, then it sh- and it shows that you're willing to go out and do stuff like that. So Yeah, of course. But I think that kind of, I found like kind of like changing it on a tangent like a little bit. What When you were in uni in your first degree, who were you living, who were you living with? Was it like a... So I went into halls for my first year mm-hmm. and I made some like nice mates, but because I was going home to see my boyfriend at the time every weekend... I didn't make any really good Mm -hmm. friends, not really, like, I was never in London, Um, I just probably spent like three or four days a week here, a lot of the girls on my course who I was friends with actually already lived in London as well, that's why I think you find when you go to university in London that people who've grown up here go to university here, Um, and so they weren't moving out their houses, so I went back into halls for a second year to try and be like, I split up with Oh no, I didn't split up with him until like halfway through that year. But I was, I'm going to go and do this again. I'm going to go and do it properly. Yeah. Because I don't feel like I did it like properly in my first year at all. I was just not interested in being here. And then I made like a really nice group of friends. And then I moved in in the third year with my friend Sophie, and we lived together for like four or five years. She's only moved to Australia, wasn't she? Yeah. 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 Oh, that's really nice. Yeah. See, I, I not four or five years. We lived together for three years. But yeah. So was it just you two? So it was just us for the first year, and then we moved into a bigger house, like, further out in Dulwich. Yeah. And then, um, so for the first few months, one of her friends from Australia moved in, and then she left and went home. And then Dawes came and lived with us, and yeah. I, then I lived with Dawes for five years after yeah. that. So, so I guess, like, it's, because you, you, like, I guess because you did your uni in London, you lived in London, you were kind of doing the freelancing and everything, went into the Masters, it was a bit of essentially more of a soft launch into sort of yeah. real life. Like, yeah, absolutely. Because you were like, because like, for me, I was living with nine, there was nine of us living in a big house in Cardiff, like nine girls. And honestly, like it was the most fun 
like consistent fun that I've ever had and having to leave that and obviously Cardiff is so far away from Leicester and mm. I was going to obviously move home until I moved to London for my master's and I like that was a really difficult and heartbreaking time for me because you're living with like your best friends day in day out and like going to like always having people around you and I remember feeling yeah. so weird considering that I live by myself now I remember moving back in my family and that house was so tiny and so small mm. but I felt really alone because like, I wasn't surrounded by people who were like like-minded and my age and that for me was like so 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 difficult and I think that that was really quite depressing. How long were you home for like the summer because I went home for maybe like I think it was six weeks and then my parents actually moved to Australia yeah. as soon as we started our master's and like Sophie and I moved into our house in Dulwich and that six weeks, like, back at home and sort of, like, packing up my entire life. So that was why it did feel like I was only moving down the road from where we'd lived before, yeah. but I was starting a new course. My parents were leaving the country. And it was it was quite, still quite, like, yeah. big. It's a big change still, yeah. even though it's not, like, a big... It's not a typical change in that way. It's yeah. still, like, big changes are happening. I, I was only home for four weeks maximum in the end because I think... I moved, yeah, I moved home and then I managed to secure moving my uh, <laughs> waitressing job from Cardiff to a branch in uh, London. So I was, my parents were like, yeah, you can, you can move to London. They were like, you're not allowed to move without a job, obviously, because they were yeah. like, we can't afford to support you. And I was like, fine, of course. So I, like, I obviously had to wait till I had this job okayed. And then they were like, okay, you'll start from like mid-July or something. And I was yeah. like, wicked. And that was it. Like, it was, that, it was... But it was then I was living by my myself for six weeks. So then it went from that jump of nine girls to my family to being alone in a city where I didn't really have any friends because yeah. no one had moved to London yet apart from me. So it was like, it was a scary thing. And I think for me, what I dealt with probably the worst in the upcoming years, whilst we did our masters and essentially sort of like froze our progression into adulthood <laughs> I all my friends then in that time moved to London and started their jobs and started getting promotions and I was there like I'm stuck I've stuck myself and that for me was a real difficult yeah so what was the idea for you behind doing a master's because for me I felt like I was really on the right track for doing what I wanted to do generally like I had started being paid for brand stuff and I had started like fronting campaigns for brands, which is something I'd never thought I would do, but it was coming off the back of blogging. I was freelancing for magazines and I was like, I just need a bit more time, mm -hmm. an extra 18 months where I can fund myself to continue to do what I'm doing, but have a purpose behind it, essentially doing a master's. Yeah. But that was literally what it was. And I was just incredibly lucky to be able to, yeah. like, yeah, to do it. Yeah, for me, it was more that I felt that my degree in Cardiff, although it was great, it was so theoretical-based, but I always criticised the fact that the, during the whole three years, there was one, like, short module, one term, which was a practical journalism module. And that yeah. was it. All the other experience you have to get, you had to go out yourself. And I, I, didn't, I didn't think that was really good enough. So I was, like, leaving and coming up towards the end thinking... I don't feel ready yet. I don't feel like, and I, I felt like I had re like reached my educational peak, mm. and I wanted to go and learn. I wanted to learn in a different environment, and I am. I mean, I still really want to go back to uni and do another degree. Like I like maybe not like a proper sit down university, but I would love to study a new degree. So I am like naturally a bit of a, a nerd. So I want. I wanted to go and do that, and I just felt like I wasn't ready and I felt like it could give me more potential that then I could then go into a career being like, I'm really great at this, which ironically, obviously, isn't really what happened, <laughs> which I think is actually a really interesting thing to talk about. Because I think, obviously, when people graduate, they have, 
you've got kind of expectations of what life might be like. Like, mm-hmm. and I think you, when you start to come towards the end, you're a bit like, oh God, I don't know if this is going to look how I wanted it to look. And that's exactly how I felt. So yeah. when I finished St. Martin's and finished our master's, I was freelancing here and there and doing a, a few bits and bobs and stuff. But it was really struggling to get a job because everyone said to me, they were like, your qualifications are amazing, but you don't have enough experience yet. Go and intern somewhere for free for a year and then come back to us. And I was like, I can't afford to intern for free for a year to then, after doing a master's, to then be able to to, to be paid like, what, 16 grand salary? Yeah, so this like is that. the thing, it's... it's a difficult one because obviously you can't get a development loan to intern for a year you can get yeah. it to do a master's but you can't get it to go and like you know yeah exactly. which is it's literally just whether so that's why I tried to do it it's different because you're at Cardiff but that's why I tried to do it when I was at uni because I had accommodation paid for with my loans so yeah. it's like I spent every holiday doing that because you utilize your time like realistically yeah. in the summer a lot of students just spend their time getting really drunk and being on holiday <laughs> and stuff like that and like oh I've got a bit of loan left over whatever nothing wrong with doing that but I, like at all like if you can do it but then I think it's really good that you went out and did that like it's utilizing your time I don't think well. I did in my first summer I can't mm-hmm. remember what I did for the first summer holidays but I know that after basically after I split up with my boyfriend from home I just put everything into like being in London and doing what I wanted to do I don't know whether we've seen like whether we've been together whether it still would have yeah but yeah yeah so that was like a blessing definitely in a way I think yeah I think it was a big hit for me like not really getting into doing I think it took me a few months to get my first job and like proper nine to five job because that's what I kind of wanted because I was like I need the financial support I'm not earning enough money by myself freelance and I was like and it was doing copywriting and product writing for Harvey Nichols and that came to me through our form tutor from our tutor from St Martin's because it wasn't like an old alumni came to him and being like do you have anyone you can recommend yeah and that's how I got that job but I like the, the years that followed graduating were... A struggle. A struggle. Yeah, and I don't want to I don't want to sugarcoat that for anyone. Like, honestly, they were probably the, the hardest years for me because I felt like I had no place. I felt like I was trying to figure out my place. I didn't know necessarily know what I wanted to do. I felt that it was a typical thing of, like, graduate who feels like they've really got, like, you know, they've got so much to offer, but no mm. one sees it in them. And it was so... I'll be honest, I that was fucking soul-destroying at times. No, of course, because also, from being... There were, what, eight places on our course for St. Martin's, yeah. and there were people from all over the world, and I think there were only three of us from the UK. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to lie, it made me feel quite special. It made me feel like I was a lot more talented than I actually am. And then you come out, and... Because I went for... I don't know if you remember, I went for a job at the debrief. Yes. And I didn't get it. Yeah. And I think that was the first, like, proper setback I'd ever had, where I was like shit I'm not actually that special <laughs> yeah see I always um, felt like I always felt kind of like the other way around like we're during our degree I was like I remember crying to Roger like freaking out and giving him like I was like I can't he was like you know oh you haven't done your work and I was crying because I was like it's not good enough I can't show you it's not good enough and he had to have a proper word with me and be like I've never met anyone who talks himself down as much as you do he was like you need to realize like how good you are mm-hmm. and it was like for me I was just there, like I was so overwhelmed by how much experience everyone else on the course had that I felt like so shit and so small all the time and that was like that was the main feeling of my like degree God, so I'm really awful yeah isn't it? yeah which is like but then it was really good because then I came out of it like doing really really well and I still like can't quite believe it but then then 
to come out of it and having done so well they're mm. soul destroying when <laughs> they're like no you can't have a job you're not good enough I was like I've just realized that I am and now I've realized yeah, I am not I but, continued nannying for yeah. ages when we finished so I, I, I wasn't going to get a job and this is just me being stubborn because I wasn't you know I was struggling it was hard like really hard like trying to freelance and then balance nannying and trying to balance like it sounds silly but balance like brand trips where you have to go because you I think I got sacked from one of my nannying jobs because I went on a trip with Nike and lied yeah. and she was like well I can see on your social media that you're not in the country and I was like but you know it's like an opportunity that's too big to pass up and for a job that I did, wasn't going to be doing forever yeah absolutely and it's one of those things where you're like I want to this is what I want my life to be that is not what I want my life to be yeah I'm so then I think I didn't have any work for like it took me like another month and I was absolutely broke to yeah. find like a new nannying job yeah. or whatever. And it's like, I think that is a thing. It is just a struggle. It is a struggle. And it, there are ups and downs of it, but it does, you do, you do come out of it. Like you really, really do. And you don't even, I don't even think you realise you've come out of it until you look back and you're like, fuck me, that was so hard. But I honestly feel like as shit as it is, I mean, not everyone's experience will be like that, but I think a lot of, it is, a lot of people's will be. But I think when you come out of it, and you look back, like you realize how much it teaches you, and it does. It is something that is actually quite a humbling experience having to to do that. And I think you can tell the people that you meet who have come out of university and had like a bit of a silver spoon in the mouth and like had everything handed to them. You you kind of can tell. So I think grafting as hard as it as hard as it is and as hard as it feels. It is one of those things that will like benefit you so much more, and it makes you appreciate where, like, where, how far you've come. When you look back and you think like, oh god, those times that like literally I was like looking for ten peas in my room to afford a bloody takeaway because I was like, I really like couldn't be able to cook because I was so mentally and physically drained. And then you look back and you're like, I've come, <laughs> I've come away from there. So it's it's good. You feel really proud of yourself. So, but I think also the thing to remember is that so I don't feel like I took a particularly conventional route and so for anyone who's taking mm. a more conventional route it's more like for every 50 jobs you apply for I think you probably hear from like five yeah absolutely and also like it's such a busy time right now for everyone to be applying for jobs so a lot of a lot of people are going to have such a high intake of like people that they're looking at they're going to have so many applications so the competition will be higher I'm not saying delay it at all but like apply for everything now but it, it like I wouldn't feel bad if you get knockbacks now yeah so you, you might be more likely to get jobs at a later date yeah so I just googled it and one interview per 10 applications is average wow and applications are hard I think you've just got to have patience and I think I think one thing that I would suggest to people is to try and balance your time but obviously put things put your energy into applying and doing all this stuff but also like give yourself time to enjoy doing shit that you want to do because otherwise you're going to feel so drained and you'll feel really miserable and you'll feel like you're constantly like fighting this battle to get a job and it might not feel like it's going anywhere. So you just need to kind of give yourself time, like you time. I agree. Definitely. <laughs> I um, agree. Yeah, but also I think it's just, it's so much more than, it's a lot to do with the people that you meet as well. You just, you never know where you're going to go and who you're going to meet and then what they can potentially then do for you. So yeah. just be nice to everyone. And it, don't you it's, find that really funny that when we did our masters, every guest speaker that we had it and like we'd always finish like you know they'd always be like oh one piece of advice I would give you and all of them said be nice, don't be a dick because people will remember who you are and you never know who is going to be helping you get your next job. And yeah. that was a that was honestly the piece of advice that everybody said who came in. And I it's well because really... also it's such a weird 
if, if like if you're going to go into the same thing that we like you're trying to go into fashion journalism rather than you know what we do now theoretically um with fashion journalism if someone's really talented they could be an intern one year and then a like features director director within like 18 months and they could be above you when they were below you and if you've treated them like shit like I mean yeah absolutely and also it is it is a small when you're in it it is a small industry and like you see everyone at the same events and stuff like Mm. that so it's like people will know people talk people like the reputation gets out so I think I guess that's probably the same for any industry don't be a dick (laughs) yeah I think that's probably the best advice that we could give to anyone and also I think just remember that university is such an amazing for many people it's a very amazing experience and I still look back on the years I spent at Cardiff especially as like the best three years of my life because I made like the the best friends I'm very I think WhatsApp great that you can do group chats now because I don't think that was a thing back then so it was like I feel like I can keep you can keep in touch with your friends so much easier so I think we have Facebook messenger but we could do groups yeah 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 I still we we, we visit ones like and it's just, yeah, it's, we're like, oh my god, this shit would be I try to not go back through my face messages. <laughs> it is very it's embarrassing. so cringy. It makes me want to die. So, um, yeah. But I don't think there's anything else that I could think of that's like, yeah. Yeah, just be be nice, be patient, and it will, it will all come together in the end. Yeah. Like, it does. It you just got to be patient and just trust trust the system. Just keep working hard. Yeah. Definitely. Good. And that <laughs> concludes... Today's podcast. It does, I think. So thanks again to Daniel Wellington for sponsoring this episode. Yep, and we will be back soon with another episode. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to the podcast um, so you get updated when we do new ones. Yes, exactly. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.